not all high heels are created equally. People actually care about aesthetics and function now. I'm not gonna put you in grandma's shoes, it's okay. We just make good looking heels that are actually comfortable. All right, let's kick off guys. Everyone feeling good? Let's go. I welcome you to please take a moment right now to connect to yourself and to the present moment as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we work and gather across this country. We would like to pay our respects to the elders past and present, as well as emerging youth as the next generation of community leaders. Welcome to the official podcast for the Australian Podiatry Association. This special episode for Foot Health Week is brought to you by Baird Footwear. My name is Hayley Uden and I'm a paediatric podiatrist and clinic owner in Adelaide, South Australia. I'll be your host for today's episode, joined by Melissa Zachariah and Alicia Fawerda. Now I will introduce you to our two guests today, starting with Melissa. So Melissa graduated with a bachelor degree from the University of South Australia in 2010. Through her time working, she has learned many specialised treatment skills, including foot and ankle joint mobilisation and manipulations, dry needling and exercise rehabilitation. Melissa holds many accolades as a, both a therapist and business owner, as she was the winner of the Australian Podiatrist of the Year in 2019, and she was also the finalist for the Emerging Leader in the Telstra Women's Business Awards. Melissa particularly enjoys working with tricky foot pain cases, and I will slightly ad-lib here, as she is also now a busy working mum to her beautiful little daughter and also successfully still managing to drive her multiple clinic locations in Adelaide. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, Hayley. That was a lovely, warm welcome. Much appreciated. <laughs> no, no worries. And now to introduce Alicia. After graduating from La Trobe University in 2014, Alicia has worked in a wide variety of clinical and non-clinical settings. She has extensive experience working in private practice and the public sector, treating a range of clients from children to elderly and elite to recreational athletes. In 2017, Alicia spent five months working as a podiatrist in Naseko, Japan, where she fitted and customised ski and snowboard boots, troubleshooting and fit problems, and manufacturing custom footbeds to enhance performance and fit. Alicia has now been working with Baird Footwear for almost seven years, beginning as an in-store podiatrist, specialising in fitting and adjusting dress and casual footwear, and now working in their head office talking, taking care of all things health professional related. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks, Hayley. Let's dive into today's podcast topic. So we're diving into an issue today that might not have been on the top of many people's agendas for quite some time, thanks to COVID. We are talking today high heels. Now, this year's Foot Health Week seeks to champion podiatrists and the difference they make. Therefore, we are asking today's guests to give us the lowdown on high heels. How can people wear heels and support their foot health at the same time? And is it even possible? So I'm going to throw the first question to Alicia. Let's start by briefly looking back on the history of high heels. How have high heel designs changed over the years? 
Once upon a time, I'm assuming there was one style of shoe, maybe a flat leather sandal. So how did high heels first make their mark and become so embedded as a popular footwear choice? Great question, Hayley. Um, I think originally high heels were actually designed for men, like way, way back um, to fit their feet in stirrups or hold them in better. But if we talk more about in terms of a fashion shoe, I think it really surged post-war around the 50s. And that was when they sort of invented a stiletto, I guess. Um, so in terms of materials, high heels has changed massively. So originally they were made of mostly wood, whereas now we see them made of leathers and suede and different types of plastics. Um, so to my understanding, wider scale, more post-war around the 50s, and that's where you see big high stilettos. And then around the 60s, 70s, we get more of those lower kitten heel pumps, 70s, and we got those big platform sandals and like go-go boots sort of style. And then it goes low again. And 90s, you'll probably be scarred by it, but those big giant platform <laughs> shoes. So think Spice Girls era. And then somewhere in the last two decades, they've all sort of made their way back um, with what's on trend. Um, so I guess... That, they're just a fashionable shoe and women like wearing them and it's simply because they generally look good. They enhance an outfit, they make an outfit, they elongate your legs. Um, so it's a tricky thing. I know from a podiatry perspective, we probably wish they weren't around as much, but in reality, like we can't really stop people from wearing them. So this is why we're talking today, I guess, is how we can wear them in a safer way, I guess, to prevent foot problems. Thank you for that. So, Melissa, to break it down, how can you tell a good high heel shoe over a bad high heel shoe when it comes to looking after our foot health? What are the main differences that you as a podiatrist would want your patient to look for? So I guess not, not all high heels are created equally, as Alicia would definitely agree, I'm sure. Yeah. So the main thing that you'd want to look for in a high heel is just checking to see that there is support in the shoe. So we're looking at which women may not necessarily like, is a slightly lower heel. Any increase in heel height, the higher that you go, it puts a lot more pressure on your joints. So you're looking at your ankle being more flexed, which in turn flexes your knee more. It turns the knee in a bit more and rotates it, and it increases the curve in your low back too. So thinking about yeah, those features of a slightly lower heel, um, there's been a bit of research done on heels and looking at three centimetres or less is ideal. Anything three centimetres or higher is associated with more risk of tripping over and having a fall and putting more pressure on the joints that we spoke about. You want to look for more of a block heel as opposed to a stiletto. You're going to get more contact of the shoe with the ground. It's more support. The more straps, the merrier. Ankle fastening is good too. So you're holding the foot securely into the heel. Bonus point, if you can adjust the straps, a cushioned footbed is good as opposed to just something that's quite hard and stiff. Wedges are good, more surface area and contact with the ground um, as opposed to a stiletto as well. And really just something simple is just making sure that your heels are comfortable straight away. You shouldn't have to break them in or wear them for a long period. You should be able to slip your feet in and think, yeah, like I could, I could get through the weekend on these or the night out, okay. Thanks for that, Mel. So true. Putting them on and feeling comfortable straight away. I'm sure that is something that perhaps has been the furthest from a lot of people's minds when they're shopping for heels, but absolutely agree. 
All right, so Alicia, do you have any other top tips to bear in mind when shopping for high heels, particularly if the consumer wants to look after their foot health, building on what Mel has suggested? For sure. I'm probably going to repeat a bit of what you said, Mel, because you were spot on. Um, in terms of height, every centimetre counts. So the higher the heel, more load in the forefoot. It's as simple as that. So if you do want a heel that you know you can wear for longer and be more comfortable, go for that lower heel. Um, also, the higher we go in the heel, the more unstable our ankle becomes. So, and Haley touched on that. Uh, sorry, Haley, um, <laughs> you touched on that as well earlier. Um, width is a massive one, um, which is, I think, where a lot of people actually fall down. So, there needs to be enough width from the get go. The only thing I will say is if you're buying a leather shoe and it is just like slightly just snug, you're probably going to be okay if you wear it in because leather's a natural fiber and it's going to soften up. But if you're someone who you know that you your swelling fluctuate throughout the day, strap in the forefoot. It's a must because you can change it and you'll be comfy all day. Um, fastening, like we've touched on before, around the ankle is key because it means that your toes aren't going to claw and grab to hold the high heel on. Um, and like I said, if you've got a wider forefoot or you get a lot of swelling, if you can change that in the forefoot, wonderful. Um, closed toe shoes is a massive one. So we don't want our feet because generally closed toe heels are quite pointed and narrow and you don't want your toes shoved right into the front of that bit because your foot just needs to conform to fit in that tight space, which can lead to things like bunions and hammer toes and blisters and all sorts of things. So there needs to be enough width in the front of a closed toe shoe as well, as well as depth. We don't want any rubbing on the top. Um, and like we touched on before, cushioning is a lovely added extra. It just means um, that we reduce the heel height as well if there's a bit more cushioning in the forefoot and provides a lot softer base to walk on. Absolutely. Some great tips there, guys. So I was thinking it's almost like we need a high heel bingo, like yeah. tick, tick the points you're getting and bonus points, Mel, when you're getting some extra um, features in there. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so bringing us to our next quest, uh, question, Alicia, we'll continue there. Have you noticed a value shift in high-heeled footwear? Do high-heel uh, consumer choices differ now than they did years before? Um, I think so, like particularly in, I'd say, the last decade. And I don't know, you guys might think something different, but I think like typically women would just buy heeled that for the look. So purely aesthetics and just go, that looks awesome. I'm going to pop that on. And if my feet get sore later, I'll just take it off. Or people have those little ballet flats rolled up in their handbags where I think people actually care about aesthetics and function now as well. And they want to be comfortable all day. And generally speaking, women want to be able to do more. You know, they want to be able to go out to a restaurant and not have to hobble from the car to the restaurant. They want to be able to wear their heel for longer and walk around all day or go to the races or an event or a wedding and not feel like they've got to rip their shoes off at the end of the night. So definitely there's a lot more focus on comfort rather than just aesthetics than there was before. And also typically we had that one type of person which still exists that lives in high heels whereas now you know there are so many beautiful fashionable sneakers and flats that people wear a more varied varied wardrobe these days absolutely i think we're just so blessed with so many beautiful uh good quality 
footwear companies now that it possibly has changed the lay of the land as well um, really makes a difference to people's choices. I do do assure our patients that we're not going to put you in grandma shoes. It's okay. We have so many beautiful choices now. We just need to counsel you on which ones will be some good buys. Um, sure. So yeah, we're definitely uh, spoilt for choice now. Um, so keeping up with that idea of good quality companies, Alicia, why do you think people gravitate towards your brand, Baird Footwear, when there's hundreds of other high heel competitors? Yeah, I think it's pretty much exactly what you just said, Hayley. It's because we make high heels that are actually comfortable. And it's probably, which sounds really um, sort of flipped, but I probably send more patients into bed for high heels than I do for any other shoe because there just isn't much else on the market. Same goes with sandals too because of the cushioning and support. But it's really hard to find a high heel that's comfortable and not super hard underfoot and has all the right supportive features. Um, so yeah, in short, we just make good looking heels that are actually comfortable. Um, we also test and sample our shoes like 20 times. We get everyone in the office to try them on, to wear test them, and we make sure that they are good to go before we actually order them to sell. Um, which it might be different to a lot of other shoe companies, but um, it's also important. We have quite a varied range of colours. We vary our heel heights. So, so if you do have someone who does have a foot problem or needs a lower heel, we've got that. If you want someone that wants that little bit higher, a bit more, say, like elegant looking or taller heel, we do cater for that, but we definitely stop at a certain height. We will not go over. I think it's like a seven and a half or eight centimetre centimetre heel height um the other thing which is probably where we really pull apart from other brands is our closed toe heels so I sort of touched on it before about having that width and depth in the forefoot so any of our pointed toe heels um are made with added length and one of the biggest things or trickiest things we face in store is actually educating customers that you shouldn't have to shove your foot in a tight heel and there actually should be roomy and you should be able to wiggle your toes and rely on that ankle strap to hold your foot in place. So all of our shoes are made with added length and their toes should finish before the shoe starts to taper. And that way they're not going to get rubbing from the sides and they're not going to get rubbing on the top of the foot. But um, yeah, we still see customers who um, have either been in the wrong size for a long time or just are so used to everything fitting super, super snug, which is um, not the case when it comes to protecting your feet. Absolutely. I think you've just touched on every girl's dream potentially or anyone's dream for that um, for that to work in your office and, and test out your shoes. I'll put my hands up. That sounds awesome. You have some good looking feet in your office, I'd say. <laughs> All right. So, Melissa, what podiatry tips would you give to someone who has spent the best part of the last few COVID-filled years, mostly at home, probably wearing flats, bare feet, Ugg boots? How can they comfortably transition back to wearing potentially high heels in the outside world again? I think it's such a timely question, isn't it? We're getting back into like the offices, getting out of home, out of our PJs and oodies and Ugg boots. So very timely. <laughs> the main points I would say is just a slow transition is going to be your smartest move. Some people are needing to wear heels for work and for corporate positions. So something that can be a really helpful tip is just wearing your sneakers or your comfortable shoes in the commute 
in and out of the office and then wearing your heels during your work hours. We see women doing that quite a bit. You can start with, yeah, some more supportive options and then gradually adjust to your potentially higher heels or less supportive options if you're needing to wear them for work. A consideration is that even over the last couple of years, your foot shape may have changed slightly. Toes can change shape a bit over time as well. So is the fit still correct? And checking that out. Do you need to go shopping? Do you need to get a new pair? Do you need to go to bed? It might be time for a bit of a wardrobe refresher, potentially. <laughs> so all those considerations is what I'd keep in mind with transitioning out of the uggies and getting back into the workforce with your heels. Absolutely, Mel. So now if we flip that same question, what advice could you give someone who loves wearing high heels but now wants to transition to something more flat? Um, and a common complaint that we often get in the clinic is people who are trying to do that and they believe they're doing the right thing, but now they're getting all sorts of different pains, particularly often it can be in the calf muscle in the Achilles tendon area. How can we help people rehabilitate out of high heels if they're choosing to? I think this is something Alicia touched on before. The, the people we used to see that would wear heels all the time, all the time, whenever you'd see them going grocery shopping, wearing their heels, you know, out for anything, wearing their heels. I'm finding as well, I agree, Alicia, I haven't been seeing as many of those anymore. And I wonder if it is because of like what you were saying, Hayley was saying, people have more of a variety of other nicer shoes that they can wear in addition to the heels. Yeah. There are there are those people out there that still do wear heels all the time. And it, it still surprises me that people can wear heels all the time and feel comfortable and the main thing is that their body it's adapted to wearing that shoe. Um, if they are wanting to change to something that's lower to the ground, it can be quite tricky, particularly if they have been wearing a heel for such a length of time. I think, again, though, the main thing would be just slow, gradual changes. If you are in a high heel, dropping it down to maybe a mid-height heel and slowly dropping that height down um, would probably be the most practical way of of adjusting to something that is a bit flatter over time. Absolutely, just slowly and gradually. All right, so Alicia, given your exposure to consumer market trends, are you seeing any changes in the market from a traditional female high heel wearing population to be more encompassing of a diverse gender expression? Perhaps they're not necessarily choosing high heels, but where is the market at when it comes to meeting the needs of people of all gender expressions who perhaps seek out a high heel lift, say to gain an extra bit of height, um, or the non-traditional high heeled wearing markets who are indeed seeking high heels? Is this a growing area of the market? Um, I think so. We've definitely got... Um male employees who will wear our female shoes and heels and heeled boots as well so I definitely think there's a bit more well there's just all sorts of different people who are wanting to wear high heels now and it's um it's becoming a lot more of the norm and so it should be in terms of men's styles the tricky like all traditional men's shoes have a little bit of of height I definitely have seen more like boots around we don't do them but that have a lot of more of a chunkier heel and some guys like wearing that um, for us right now 
men are a lot trickier than women in terms of their buying habits and they'll usually only buy one or two pairs of shoes as opposed to women who will buy a shoe for every occasion (laughs) in every colour. So we don't typically do that, but I definitely think there is a growing market for it. And like I said, like our women's shoes go up to a size 43, so we can cater to some men. And over the last seven years, we've definitely got um, male customers that come in and purchase our female shoes because they like the look of them or they yeah want a high heel. So for sure, I think it will be a growing market. And I know there's a lot of brands out there now that are doing more unisex um, shoes and marketing them that way. Um, so last of all, this is our last question, formal question, Alyssa. Uh, what maintenance work could or should we be doing after wearing high heels? Um, how can we best recover and adjust our feet outside of wearing high heels? So I guess something that Alicia touched on before is the nature of high heels putting more pressure on the joints and the balls of the feet. So I think two things, what can podiatrists do to help and what can you do at home to help as well? So as podiatrists, there can be a lot of hard skin that builds up underneath the ball of the foot, just with the pressure of how your foot is sitting in the shoe. So seeing a podiatrist regularly to tidy up that hard skin, um, seeing a podiatrist regularly to do some hands-on joint mobilisation, as we know, the joints are getting more pressure and there's more strain through the muscles too. You can get some hands-on treatment just to loosen things up through the foot, loosen uh, muscles through the calf as well. That can all help with keeping your feet and legs happy in heels. At home, you can use something like a a hand file or your kind of battery-operated shoulder filers to maintain that skin. Using a good heel balm is really helpful, particularly in summertime when you're in your heels, open shoes, skin can get quite dry. So you're wanting to make sure your feet are looking and feeling nice with some good cream on the feet. After having a big night out, something that can be really helpful and is really simple is just rolling a ball under your foot, doing a nice self-massage, as well as a, a good calf stretch can help with how your feet and legs are healing, are feeling. So we get it as podiatrists, we know that we know that people are going to wear heels. It's just a matter of how can we feel more comfortable while we're wearing them. Absolutely. Some good tips there. Thanks, Mel. Um, hopefully we see less people limping home <laughs> if we're investing in some good high heels or walking home barefoot, <laughs> um, holding their handbag and their shoes um, with the investment into some good quality footwear. So, um, well, sadly, Melissa, Alicia, that wraps up today's episode. I'm certain our listeners will take a lot away from our conversation today. I certainly have taken away the feeling of hope that not all high heels were created evil and that we do have some responsible fashion brands who do really care about our foot health. Speaking of which, a very special thank you to our podcast sponsor, Baird Footwear. I personally, in my personal experience, have um, experience in wearing Baird Footwear and some Baird Heels and they are my comfiest and my most um, foot supportive shoes, so much so I've done a big wardrobe clean out they're all that exist in there now or the the ones that were trying to make my foot into a triangle and you know tipping me over that um angle that my ankle could cope with are all gone um so thank you for that um thank you again for joining us and don't forget to check out our website foothealthaustralia.org.au for ongoing updates and take a look at our social media accounts both on facebook and instagram at Foot Health AU, 
Any last comments there, ladies? Or oh, feeling good? All good. Thanks, Hayley. Thanks for having us. Yes, no thank worries. you so much. That was good fun. Excellent. Well, on that note, have a great Foot Health Week and remember to celebrate your podiatrist who can assess, treat and diagnose your feet because not all heroes wear capes. In the meantime, stay safe and take care.